Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, CNET Talk Press. Everybody, you are really about to have a good time listening to my guest today, Travis Harden. He's a member of the African American Advisory Council for Arizona's 7th Congressional District, and he is the immediate past chair of the City of Phoenix Workforce Connection Board. Travis Harden, bottom line, wants to make a difference. He's a consistent voice for Arizona State University, the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, United Way, and many more strategic efforts to produce positive outcomes around the globe. As a certified speaker and coach, Travis reflects with the greatest level of humility to inspire people and demonstrate in practice that all of us can grow and can increase our positive influence on this generation and those around us beyond our wildest expectations. Didn't I tell you this was going to be a good one? Travis, welcome. Appreciate you, Bridget. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Hey, I'm glad to be here. I am peacock proud and honeymoon happy to take part in your sharing with the world on how Bridget gets down, how you make a difference around the world. I'm just happy to be a part of it, Bridget. Thanks for having me. I have to jot those down. Peacock proud and honeymoon happy. It doesn't get Watch out. Watch out, watch out. That's, that's the southern in me. That, that's the Tennessee that's the Tennessee in me. Okay. I did not know that. So you're from Tennessee, but now you live in Arizona. Yes, yes. Tell me about public speaking. What drew you into being a public speaker? Did it fall in your lap? Was it intentional? How did it happen? It, it fell intentionally. And how, how I best explain that, Bridget, is in playing sports pretty much all my life, college athletics, uh, a few years professionally, traveling overseas, I, I was always team spokesperson. And in sports, in baseball in particular, we always had to make appearances. We always had to go to organizations and talk to whether it were leaders, whether it's frontline workers, whomever. And I would always be asked by media members. I'd always be asked by organizations, hey, you're just not an athlete. You're an exceptional speaker. And I'm thinking, man, look, I'm a baseball player. Don't, I, don't put any other label on me. This is my dream. And after years of trying to fulfill that dream, reality set in and the speaking opportunities kept coming and I shifted from the passion I had in baseball to this arena and it has been a tremendous blessing I will say it has been a blessing Bridget not only for me and my family but for the entire world because not only is my speaking influencing others and helping raise another generation and strengthen and equip and empower others. But in this arena, I'm meeting and growing and learning for some, from some great individuals. Travis, you caught my attention when you said people would respond to you with, you're not just an athlete. 
when they would hear you speak or when they would witness you taking to the microphone, owning the microphone, if you will. Talk to us a little bit more about how honing your speaking skills can catapult you to being more than just fill in the blank, more than just an accountant, more than just a marketing expert. How can honing those skills put you in a position where people are recognizing you more than whatever is on that nameplate? Ask yourself one question, and that one question that you need to ask yourself and answer is, what do I want them to see? That's how you become better at X, Y, Z, to, to, to specifically answer your question. You want to be a good example. People do what people see, so they need to see you inspired. If you're a speaker, you have to be an inspiring speaker. You cannot come to the table or come to the microphone and just start talking about data and, and principles and specifics without some inspiration behind it. So what do I want them to see? That's how you become better. If you want them to see some laissez-faire, mediocre boss, manager, leader, speaker, whatever, engineer, then, 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 then go do that. Don't, don't put anything into it. But, but if you want them to see inspiration, I tell people all the time, don't wait to feel inspiration. Schedule it. Schedule it. Schedule it. Don't, don't wait for anticipation. Don't, don't wait for inspiration. You have to schedule it. You have to show up every day with the expectation of a new idea. And if you don't show up every day with that expectation of a new idea, you're not going to be inspired. So, so my response to how do you, how do others with a nameplate, whatever that nameplate is, how do they become better? You have to answer the question, what do I want others to see? If I'm meeting a small team, if I'm meeting my family, what do I want my family to see? I have to be a good example of what it is I want them to see. And you, you have to answer that for yourself. When you say don't wait for inspiration, don't wait to be inspired, schedule it. It reminded me of something another one of my friends and colleagues told me. As a matter of fact, today is his birthday, the day of this recording, if you will, is his birthday. He said, I love this from Damon. He said, if you want people to be interested, then you need to be interesting. If you want people to be inspired, then you need to be inspiring. If you want them to be motivated, <laughs> then you need to be motivating. You can't just show up and assume everybody's going to get excited. You've got to give them a reason to be excited. And if you think that the audience is just going to be interested because you happen to be on the microphone, that's not enough. If you want them to be interested or right. inspired, then you need to be interesting and inspiring yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I, I believe that. And happy birthday to him if he watches this later on. Happy birthday, D. Hey, appreciate you, man. One love. I'll let him know. When we hang up, I will let Damon know that you said happy birthday to him. Y'all will get along really well, too. He's super sharp. I'm in Florida. His wife's pretty awesome, too. But I digress. Now, what happens or what do you do if you're in the midst of this fantastic presentation? You're just crushing it. I'm telling you, you are hitting all of the nails on the head and ringing all of the bells, but then all of a sudden, technology fails, whether it's in person 
or in the virtual environment, what do you do? How do you handle it? I go into every situation anticipating because anticipation is the key to inspiration. If you don't anticipate something good happening, you will lack motivation to make it happen. So I literally go into all situations thinking, hey, this could go wrong. The microphone could stop working. The slides will not be available. The, the technology will not be there. And, and immediately I, I think of values. I think of they have to feel valued regardless of the technology. And I keep that in back of mind. While I'm speaking, if technology is on point, I'm good. I'm keeping their values in mind, top of mind. If it goes down, I'm keeping their values top of mind. So much so, Bridget, that your people that you're speaking to or leading or, or facilitating to, they should look at you and say these things. They should look at you and say, no one cares more than you do. No one carries a bigger load than you do. No one thinks more than you do. No one plans more than you do. No one lies awake at night no more than you do. And no one is more personally invested than you are. And if technology goes out, I remember those things, and I'm going to continue to tell stories. I'm going to continue to bypass all of those things that are going on around me. The key is the people that are there listening to you. You have to place the value on them. And so I have to make sure that they feel valued, regardless if technology is working or not. That is my focus. That's Travis's focus. That's my DNA to if technology goes down. Because some people, they get wrapped up in, man, I'm not going to sound good or I'm not going to look good if the technology is not. Oh, my picture, that, that picture that I spent $2,500 on to get that, that, that face, that uh, headshot, it's not going to be shown behind me. So now I'm not going to look good. It's not about me. It's about adding value to those people and putting a high extreme of value on those that are there. And that's my focus if technology goes out. And you know your presentation inside and out, so you're not having to rely on the slide deck work, on the working, or on the LCD projector working. You know your presentation from start to finish well enough to where you can complete it without it projecting up on the screen to the point where you can riff. You can bring in conversations from the audience. You yes. can go down a different path. And, 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 but all along the way, you're making sure that, like you said, you're bringing value to the audience. You're making sure they're getting what they came to get. And here's something else, Travis, I'll add on. So when technology fails, and if you're so worried about that $2,500 picture or this deck that you spent all of these hours putting together, let right. me tell everybody this one. And listen, turn up the volume on this one. Watch out. There is nothing that you can ever put any slide deck that is fiercer, bolder, more passionate, more energetic, more on fire than what you, you bring to the presentation. Your personality, your stories, your energy, your presence, there's nothing you can put on technology, on a thumb drive, a laptop, a tablet, a screen. There's nothing more electric than what you bring. So if that fails, 
That's all good because look what you got as your backup. That's right. That's right. And so many of our speakers today, people who aspire to become speakers, people who aspire to command and demand control of a room, they get too caught up in themselves. And and my my golden nugget to keep the volume turned up for this is keep people top of mind, not you. Your presentation is, is nothing without people. You have to keep the people top of mind, keep their values and the fact that you're adding value to them as the key component to what you're doing and you will you will ascend to greater heights. Now you've told us what it takes to to make a person successful during a presentation. And it's about making sure that you're constantly adding value. You are showing up, you are physically and mentally present, and that you're constantly making sure that you're thinking about how can I make them better? How do I put them in a better position than they were before they walked into the door? Is there anything else that we need to know in order to make sure that our presentation is always sizzling hot, that they're always successful? What else might we need to know? Bridget, we must go we as as leaders, I'm not even going to say speakers. I, I know this platform is about speaking, but we as leaders, because when we're in front of a room, we're leading. We're, we're, we're taking the chart. We, many of us manage the front of rooms. We don't lead. And what I mean by that is people manage the opportunity instead of leading into other things. We, we must go best to better. Today's ceiling unfortunately for so many is as high as they go. Reality is for me, I think today's ceiling is tomorrow's floor. Today's ceiling is tomorrow's floor. My best today is not going to be my best tomorrow. I'm doing this podcast with Bridget right now. Tomorrow, I have to get better and find out where did I stumble or what, what wasn't good about this process with Bridget. What what did I not do to the best of my ability? Someone will look at this Bridget and say, man, the two of them are dynamic. They brought it. It was full of energy. I, I learned a lot. But but if I rest on that, then tomorrow I, I'm I'm only going to do what I did today. I have to I have to use today's ceiling as tomorrow's floor. Being the best is only temporary, Bridget. So we have to consistently and constantly grow ourselves. Think of more stories. Dive into those 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 wounded places that we have because success impresses people. Your failures and your struggles, that's what inspire people. And our job is to inspire. So we have to continue growing. That that that's 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 what I hang my hat on daily. Is my best today is no good tomorrow. I have to become better. Successes impress people. Failures inspire people. We shy away from from sharing failures. We are very careful not to talk about what didn't work, what we lost out on, what we missed the mark on. But that is what shows people what's possible. If you tell people where you weren't able to reach a goal, where something just fell short, it lets them know, wow, she's human, he's human, and it's possible to move forward. 
And when you said today's ceiling is tomorrow's floor, I'm, wait, wait, yes, yes. Yeah. That got me. <laughs> because then you're putting yourself in a position where you have to keep doing better. You can't stay stagnant. If you're not growing, then what are you doing? <laughs> and, and so many of our leaders call it local, call it federal, call it state, call it in our classrooms. So many people become stagnant because they did a great job today or this week. No, you have to continue growing yourself so that you can you can pour into people. Be, become a reservoir. Uh, I'm sorry. Become a river, not a reservoir. And 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 I, I I try to consistently remind myself that I need to be a river. Information needs to come to me and through me. I'm not a reservoir. I don't want to get the information and hold it. I'm going to read. I'm going to study. I'm going to research, and I'm going to share that with the masses because I want to. I want others to become better. I can't just keep it by myself because when I'm gone, all the information is gone. So I, I need to, I need to equip others. I need to empower others. And and hey, today's ceiling is tomorrow's floor. Should be. Unfortunately, so many people keep today's ceiling as tomorrow's ceiling, next year's ceiling, next decade's ceiling, and and they become stuck. I recently wrote something for Entrepreneur, and I remember it went something to the effect of, yes, knowledge is power, or at least we think it's power, but in my world, knowledge is power only if you also share it. I, I just wrote that maybe four days ago. I'm not even kidding you because I firmly believe in that. People will hold things to the best. They'll know information. They'll know answers to questions, but they won't give that knowledge. They won't give that information. So when you initially started answering my question about what else do we need to know to be successful in a presentation, you said something to the effect of, we become leaders when we're at the front of the room. We are leaders when we're at the front of the room. So when you're at the front of that room, <laughs> believe you're a leader or not, that can be scary. I mean, it's, the, the fear is compounded when you're sitting here telling me I'm a leader at the front of the room. How do you get past this fear of standing at the front of that room and taking to the microphone? You know your story. Uh, I, I often tell young speakers in training, you know your story. No one in that room knows your story. No one can tell your story. No one has the feelings of your story. And, and, and I tap into stories all the time, Bridget, because it brings things to life. As I'm in the front of the room, regardless of what people look like, regardless if they're smiling or having a good time, or if they look like you are just the most boring speaker ever, remember what I said earlier. It's not about you. And, and I'll talk about uh, years ago, a few years back, there was a gentleman who came to a two-day conference, and he, he just looked uninterested the entire time. And I, I, I looked and I'm thinking to myself, man, 98% of this crowd is writing notes. 98% of this crowd is, is, is asking questions. And it's this one gentleman and he just, he just looked tired. I later learned after internalizing him, what is it about me that's not interesting to him? I later learned that he fought his way to come to this conference and his wife had passed two days prior. 
that taught me a valuable lesson. It further confirmed it's not about you. This man, and, and I later learned, he said, Travis, it, it's nothing about your messages. He said, I love your character. He said, that's why I felt it was so important for me to be there. And here I am looking and thinking, this man is not into what I'm saying. He lost his wife of 46 years. And I'm thinking about me in that split, that split second. So it's about your story. It's about your story in front of the room. I, I get it. And, and you need to have some type of, of, of jitters or, or some, some, something because you're excited. But, but once you take that stage or once you take the front of that room, it's all about telling your story and adding value to the people. That If you constantly remind yourself of that, that, hey, I'm not here for me. It's not about my nerves or my my inability to speak so eloquently like some of the world's top speakers. It's about me sharing my story and getting out what I know and who I am and where I've come from. That's the key. Pouring into the audience because you never know Who's sitting out there that needs what you have to give them? You never know what will resonate with each person. Each person, although you're saying the same script to everybody, every ear that's turned on in there, each person will take a different message, will interpret it in a different way and apply it to their lives, apply it to work, family, parenting, whatever, in a different way. As long as you're showing up to pour into the audience, it's not about what you can get out of it, but what they can get out of it. As long as you show up like that, some of the fears do start to subside. Travis, what else? You've given us so many nuggets until it's, it's, it's over the top. What else? As I think about that, because that's a battle that it's not won in, in the first time you speak. Margaret Thatcher put it so well. You talked about the UK earlier and made me think of Margaret Thatcher, prime minister, in our offline conversation. She said, you may have to fight a battle more than once to win it. And it's going to take repetition. It's going to take a few times for you to get in front of that room and feel like, you know what? I do belong here. I, Travis didn't get here in 2019 or 2020. Travis started this back in 1997. So a, a gentleman said to me at a, at, a, at a conference not long ago, it was virtual, it was, a, it was a small business expo, and I was speaking virtually, and he's from the East Coast, he's from New York, and he said, Travis, man, I needed to hear this 10 years ago. And I, I respectfully said to him, I said, if you would have heard this 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been the same, because my experiences are much more in-depth now. I, I wasn't the same speaker 10 years ago, so this message wouldn't have come across to you maybe as impactful, and he said, you have a point. He said, because 10 years ago, I wouldn't have even gone through the trouble that I had in my business. He said, but you, you, you've caused me to think more about how I, how, I, how I word things. And we've exchanged emails since then, and this happened back in early June. And we've had a few email exchanges, and, and he, he always leads off with, hey, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have been here. And so that's our little little thing moving forward. But yeah, you, you, you have to battle more than once to win it. That was Margaret Thatcher that said that. 
That's awesome. I think about my professional speaking career starting in 2001. And you have to start somewhere and put yourself out there. And when I think about one of my first presentations in 2001, it was okay. When I think about it now, it was okay. I, I had I had my little, I'll never forget, I had my little pantsuit. I never wear pantsuits. That was back in the day when I could wear a pantsuit and look good in it. So I had my little pantsuit. It was my school colors. I thought I had it going on, and I was presenting all this data and research and oh my goodness you you evolve and you have to start somewhere you absolutely have to start somewhere and you can look at other speakers and study them and learn from them but that's not enough you have to start somewhere and then you'll look back and you'll say wow three months ago I did x Five years ago, I did this right, but start somewhere and then just watch the progression. Travis Harden, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Bridget. Appreciate you. Hey, I'm glad to be here.